Remember, if you have any information leading up to the arrest or conviction of the murderer of Barry J. Bean, please respond to at Mr. Bean Podcast One on Twitter or Facebook at Mr. Bean's Podcast. You can also like and follow on Podbean and leave a comment. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Jumping into this man with the Geary tournament, man. How many years did you go to the Geary tournament? Uh, I went four years. Four years? Yeah, four years. Um, it was kind of a big thing in Duncan. Uh, our coach, Coach Brack, yeah. he, he wouldn't take uh, certain kids. He wouldn't take um, kids that didn't have winning records or kids that really didn't belong at that tournament because it's a it's a hell of a tournament. It's a blind draw. Um, you really never know where you're gonna fall in the bracket, and uh, it's fun. It's it's it was a cool tournament, and uh, I didn't even place there um, until I was a a junior. Uh, my junior year, I made it to the finals. Uh, got beat by Shane Vernon, and then uh, my senior year ended up actually getting a chance to win the tournament. And uh, it's something that not a ton of people get to say that they won the Gary tournament. So it's something that I take definitely very, uh, very seriously, very proud about it. I think uh, my brother won it twice. So it's, uh, like I said, we uh, we look back upon and we really your, take pride in. Your coach, uh, Coach Brack, he, he used to wrestle for Gary back in the day. And I believe he was uh, a couple times, wasn't he? One or two time release, right? Uh, I know he won it at least once. Um, he was in the final several times, I think. Um, he was a mean old dude, and he's still he's still around. He's a principal at Chickasha now. I see him every once in a while, and uh, yeah, he's just old school. He was extremely old school. He uh, was old school in everything he did, as far as working kids out, uh, how he handled personal situations. But uh, that's fine. That's what I needed. I needed a coach like that, and uh, a lot of his tendencies kind of rubbed off on me. But then still trying to keep it my own personality by. Uh, adapting to kids and their attitudes today as far as going back to this this tournament looking at this bracket so you had to wrestle is is that a wrestling or is that just a pigtail match uh it's just a pigtail match um like i said they have seeds on the bracket and stuff which is crazy like the numbers or whatever but right. then supposedly it's a blind draw for being supposed blind draw you see a lot of awesome first round matches and so what if they're handpicking those that's cool that's cool to see <laughs> yeah shit my uh, my senior or my junior year like i told you i got beat in the finals by shane vernon he wrestled newly mcspadden first round on the other side of the bracket and uh, i was like man kind of dodged one there because they were both returning state champions i was a returning state champion i think uh, shane won a close one point match. I ended up wrestling him in the finals. So your bracket. I mean, this your senior year bracket at one sixty. I mean, you got some killers in your bracket. I mean, the biggest name that stands out to me is Chris McNeil right off the bat. I mean, he wrestled, he went on to wrestle for OSU, and he turned out to be a pretty solid wrestler. You, I know, I know a couple. Uh, one of the Geary boys that's in this bracket, Mark Pittman. He was pretty good. He he was one of the pigtails as well. Jason Self, he's pretty solid, right? Yeah, Jason Self. Uh, I know Jason Self passed away uh, a couple years ago. I'm not real sure any of the situation around it, but uh, a family that I knew from when we were young growing up, uh, 
shout out back to the old original like team oklahoma days they used to roll around in the ou singlets right. and uh <laughs> yeah team oklahoma the selves uh the greer family all those guys that uh we all grew up wrestling together and uh yeah jason was a great wrestler and he wrestled uh he wrestled xavier clanton first first match and that's like one of those first round matches that two kids that can go and uh xavier clanton could go i ended up wrestling him in the semis he won a tough first round and then he beat david martins from medill in the quarters david martins was pretty freaking good too i think he coaches at medill now okay even and uh yeah it's just cool to look back and see i mean i know most of these guys now looking at it I haven't seen this bracket in 15 years probably but uh kind of back to chris mcneil chris mcneil was like two or three years younger than me the strongest human i've ever wrestled he was freakishly strong but i didn't wrestle him at gary i ended up wrestling him in the dual state semis against macarthur um, I think I, I tech fought him in the semis and then I wrestled him the very next weekend at regionals and it's like in the semis at regionals and only beat him by one point. <laughs> it was a tight match and uh, they had made some good adjustments, but then uh, ended up not wrestling him. I think he got third my senior year at state when he was like a sophomore and then uh, yeah, he and, and he's just a good dude too. Like. I know he does a lot of good things for the wrestling community, and uh, I think he's up in Tulsa area now, and uh, probably involved in wrestling. I think with Tulsa Union, so it's a right. like I said, good dude and strong, strong as hell. I could put two of my hands on one of his and try to put it behind his back, and uh, <laughs> he wouldn't let it happen. And uh, I was like, damn, I need to get stronger. But uh, no, it's a. And then uh, I think I wrestled, yeah, Matt Starzinski in the finals. He was another dude, like, when we were growing up, uh, he was always around, seen him at all these tournaments. I think I'd wrestled him a couple times before and never really beat him at, like, the youth level and then wrestled him my senior year and uh, won 5-4 to four in the finals. I really don't remember a ton about the match. I don't think it was that eventful. I mean, uh, I it looked like it was close. It's I don't bad. think I went out there and impressed by any means or – or wild, I just did what I needed to do to win, right. beat a good, solid kid. And, uh, you know, it was just something that, like I told you, I went in the Gary tournament, something to be proud of. Shoot, tournament I'd like to get our team into here. It just kind of depends on how all that plays out. No doubt, I would love to see y'all in there. I feel like since you're a coach and you've won it, I feel like you should just be able to get in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I won the damn tournament. Let me in. I know, I know, but... Shoot, there's a lot of a lot of good coaches in this state that have won the tournament. A lot of good coaches that have not ever won the tournament, and then uh, just a lot of people that don't don't uh, ever know what it's like to be in the tournament, go to the tournament. It's in this small, cramped gym. There's no hotels in town. Uh, None. You stay at the churches. Uh, Coach Brack's parents lived across the street from the gym since he was from Gary, so we stayed the yeah. night at his parents' house, which was awesome. It was just. A bunch of dudes crashing at his parents' house. Mom would cook for us. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was an experience every year in high school that I looked forward to, even though knowing the tournament was such a burner. Yeah. It was still, it's a, it's a good experience and, uh, only strong survive. It's only gotten tougher. I mean, there were a few years where I, I think some of the teams had shuffled to different places, but now, I mean, hell, they're bringing in, Top teams in the nation, yeah. top teams in Oklahoma. I mean, shoot, the top teams in Oklahoma are the top teams in the nation now. You look at Stillwater and yeah. uh, Tuttle, 
both go there. Collinsville is there. You know, those are your six, five, four A champions right there. And yeah. then uh, Marlow. No, I'm pretty sure Marlow goes yeah. there too. So you have every every state champion from every class at uh, that tournament. Can't really ask for much more. I'd like to talk about with other wrestlers. I like to talk about mutual opponents. Unfortunately for us, we're a couple years apart, right? <coughs> Man, I would like to go back and look at some of these other brackets. Though, what do you think he was wrestling at in 03 at the Gary tournament? What 03 that? Gary tournament 152. Hey, so he's probably bigger than me then too. So, I think yeah. I wrestled at 45 my senior. No, no, my senior year I wrestled at 160. Uh, freshman, it, I was 135, and then went 152. 152 again, 160 or 160, 160. I don't know, but 160 is what I was my senior year. So I was 52, 60 the years that so, uh, that I won it. So the only opponent that I know that we've definitely wrestled was Corn. Yeah, I wrestled that dude pretty much my whole life from like youth, and then I think when I once I got to like maybe seventh grade, no, maybe it's my eighth or ninth grade year. I think I wrestled in the conference one year, and that year I had like my my now brother in law in my bracket. Uh, Brad Ward, he was in my bracket. I had Corn, he was in my bracket, and then I had uh oh uh, Zach Rhodes was in my bracket. Zach from right? Lexington so I, was the dude. He was good. He moved his senior year or something though, didn't he? Like I don't know. I just being he had a, few, a brother that was pretty stout too. Being a few years older than me, I always just heard that name. I knew they were good, um, but never saw him competition wise. So so at conference that year, I had to wrestle. I didn't have to wrestle Brad. He was on the other side of the bracket, but I did have to wrestle Zach. And then I ended up wrestling. Uh, and Zach, he he was killing with his like cross body ride, right? And I didn't. Nobody ever told me how to get out of it. I just would like I was switching and I would set out and it just dumbfounded him. He didn't know what to do about it, right? <laughs> So yeah, he could when never you're little and they hit that stuff on you. You're like, man. Yeah. What are these kids? And he was doing? tall and lanky too. He was the exact opposite. His brother, his brother was short and stocky like me, but he was tall. I mean, he just had everything planned out. So he was just he just whacked everybody for whatever reason. Couldn't pin me. And he met Brad in the finals, and I'm sure he won, but I'm not sure what the match was. But I had to wrestle uh, Corn in the consolation finals, and for whatever reason, man, I went out there and just nervous as hell, and he just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> But I feel like we was always pretty close, and then at that point, for whatever reason, he just every time I'd meet him, he was just a step ahead of me. Now you had told me you had wrestled him before. How did that? Yeah, I think you said you'd won or something like that. Yeah, I was a sophomore, and he was a, he was a senior, and uh, it was at our home tournament, Duncan the SOI, the wrestling the finals, and he came out and he was beating the he piss out of me for two periods. You know, ended up getting up by like six points, but then it's kind of one of those things. I felt the third period. Um, you know, I was like I said, I was a sophomore, not a ton of like talent, just uh, wanted to win and w would go forward and would try to stay in people's face and try to uh, try to wear people down that were, you know, more talented, stronger than me and stuff like that. And I felt that third period pressure, you know, kind of get him. And then I ended up getting ahead by a point or two, just cutting him, taking him down. And uh, <laughs> there was like 30 seconds left and he just kind of stand there and went to take his just kind of chill and I don't know looking back at it if it was one of my kids I might be like oh you're an asshole but uh, <laughs> I ended up t double egging him pinning him right there at the end and uh I don't know I just felt like that as a sophomore I got to win a tournament in front of my home crowd and oh, gave yeah. me some confidence to beat a senior and yeah. uh, he ended up going on and winning state that year you know he beat a good kid in the finals at the class below us like I said I still see him around I mean he comes around and uh Wrestled in our old timer tournament, I think uh, two or 
two or three years ago and uh, has a little boy that wrestles and uh, still out here supporting wrestling around the sport. Good dude. When it comes to coaching today, you know what I mean? I, I'm kind of familiar with your coaching style just because I'm familiar with who your coach was a little bit. Because he's from Geary. Like my first wrestling coach is this dude named Larry Brack, which is your coach's brother, right? So that lead from the front mentality. You know, Larry, I can remember working out with him and he was always doing sprints with us. I mean, monkey bar, anything we was doing, he was doing, right? Now, when it comes to the other stuff, like how you're reaching kids, how you're talking to them, trying to motivate them, hold them accountable. What are some of the way, some things that you've learned from your coach that translate now? And is there anything you have to adjust based off the kids nowadays? I mean, with him, he uh, he was old enough. He was kind of older when um, I was in high school, to the point where he didn't wrestle or really get out there and and do those things anymore. He could still show wrestling. He could still get out there and uh, you know demonstrate and everything. But he didn't go out there and compete against the kids, um, right. kind of like I still like to do today. And you know, um, that was kind of my main thing. As soon as I came into um, the role of being the coach here in Elgin. Um, I was like, I got to go out there and lead by example, you know, and that's going out and trying to do, you know, doing the warm up with the kids, uh, demonstrating the, all the technique, um, jumping into their groups and live wrestling with them. And uh, it's a, a point that I've learned right now as far as just myself as a coach. When I first started, I'd get in there. I was like, all right, I got to beat the piss out of these kids and, uh, you know, establish some dominance. You know, let them know that things I'm going to teach them is going to work. But then that's kind of uh, evolved now where I have a group of kids that have seen the way I've coached since they were in third and fourth grade. They've been, you know, raised and developed in our program. I don't know. I still get out there and wrestle with them, but it's not about showing them that, you know, coach knows what he's doing. I mean, I feel confident these kids know what I'm doing now. It's more about getting in there, wrestling with them, showing them things, being able to float with them and. Now, if one of them take me down, there'll be a lot of, you know, shit talking in the room and stuff, <laughs> but I can, I can handle that and I'll talk back to them and, uh, I don't let my ego get in the way because hell, I mean, 35 now, you know, more than, uh, most people, how it feels to get out there and wrestle some of them kids and, uh, something you don't take your pride out there anymore as, as an older fella, something that I hope that I can do as a coach, as long as I'm coaching, I don't ever want to just be there and bark orders not be the dude that puts my wrestling shoes on and gets out there with those kids those coaches not all of them but most of them are hard for the kids to relate and get behind because they're like you can yell at me show me especially with you know the age groups that i'm dealing with you know starting with three-year-olds to 18 18 year olds um there are kids that need to at different stages in their life see how Things develop by action. Coaches need to get out there and demonstrate and do these things. And uh, like I said, Coach Bragg didn't get out there and wrestle, but he demonstrated, he did everything, and there was a unspoken fear in that room. That man would whoop your ass if uh, <laughs> you ever got out of line. And that's uh, cool. I mean, that's you get that type of respect. He's a great coach, and uh, he's a great man, and uh, he's a great friend and just somebody that I always uh, – love dearly so how, how what was that feeling though when you went to the geary tournament and you was able to see your coach's name on state championship well that's always cool uh that's that's always when you're a wrestler and you go and you weigh in somewhere and you're in somebody's wrestling room you look at their wall you're like who do i know that's from here who's from this that you know and uh go see our coach's name you, you know it's like man that dude ain't crazy he ain't in there just yelling that yeah, he was you know. this and that and 
No, we, we know what he is. And, uh, you know, going back to Duncan, uh, I haven't had a chance to really show my team that we've been to some tournaments there, but they have a different facility where the boards are and stuff. And uh, I know my kids have seen it. Some of them have seen it. And it's just cool that they're like, hey, you actually were a good wrestler at Duncan or you were, <laughs> you were a state champion. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not like – Something I was just gonna come in here and and BS you about. I mean, those yeah. type of things nowadays you can look up. I mean, everybody has their old uncle now. It's like, oh, I was state champion, state uh, runner up, straight world champion wrestler, you know. And they're like, hey, dude, they have this thing called the internet now where yeah. you can get on there. And I do too, man. I fact check everybody, dude. Somebody starts telling me that. The first thing I do is I look them up. You got to nowadays. People, uh, I just don't understand why somebody would want to lie about that, though. It doesn't like it. Only thing it does is make your situation worse, right? For example, <laughs> we was talking about your coach being on the state championship walk, Geary. Every time I go to Geary, it just it's I dread it, right? I just I just feel like that's one of my biggest things that I just never did. I mean, I wasn't close, you know what I mean? But I just wasn't good enough is what it boils down to. I just wasn't good enough, you know what I mean? But I hate it for the fact that I want to bring my son there and be like, hey, this is my name. Right, you know right. I mean? And I, I still remember because uh, one of my coaches that left, Coach Lemon, he wrote everything down. So, like, the people that if they placed in conference or some shit, he wrote everything on the wall. And I can still find a little piece of my name the very back from when I placed the conference. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's it's, it's not seizing the moment. And then as far as not seizing the moment, how do you reach them kids that you can tell that they're just not seizing the moment at the time? Like, it could be really good. And you probably want to talk about specific names at this moment, but I know kids that you've had that should have been – studs but for whatever reason that you know family family home or whatever just kind of pulled them away from it how do you try to reach them at that time when you know they're making a mistake when you know they're going to regret it when they get older uh man you, i just try to stay consistent in these kids lives you know i try to be somebody that's consistent for them try to always instill the right thing try to lead them down the right path and uh but also i'm understanding you know i understand if something's going on at home something happened yeah and you come and you you have crappy attitude one day and uh, I'm going to check you on it. Uh, like all of our coaches, we all try to hold our kids accountable up there at the school. And uh, if you have something going on, we're going to address it. And uh, if it's something more than that, we're, we're sensible enough as coaches. We know we can talk to the kids now. We don't have to just yell at them and, and beat them down. It's something that uh, something we've all kind of learned. And we're a younger coaching staff as far as, you know, I coach football as well there. And as far as our whole entire staff, football and wrestling, I kind of use us um, as a fluid unit together because we uh, we work well together. We're a great group. We're a younger staff that knows that there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of us as a staff have been through things like that. Um, we have family that have been through things like that. And we just we, we try to adjust and we try to, uh, I don't know, we try to just offer anything we can to uh, show these kids that this moment is a small moment in the whole entire picture of what's going to come forward in your future. So don't, uh, don't overanalyze it. Don't think you need to graduate early. Don't think you need to run off with some girl or boy and uh, start a family when you're 16 years old. It's something that there is a bigger picture. And uh, you try to just show them that bigger picture. You say, hey, you want to go? And be in the military do you want to go and wrestle in college do you want to just go to college do you want to go to trade school do you want to graduate high school and just go get a job somewhere and do your thing but be a good human you know and that's uh 
that's also just kind of one of the main things that I try to get out of these kids. Um, not only trying to develop high level wrestlers, high level, um, athletes, football players, and, uh, you know, just trying to develop high level humans, trying to, uh, put good people out there in the world. And that's really, you know, our whole, our, my whole motivation behind wrestling is I feel like wrestling, um, is a tool that helps young adults, uh, adolescents develop into outstanding humans, you know, cause it teaches you so many different things and, uh, you know, and can hit on all those as well. Cause you were raised in a wrestling lifestyle. If you're raised in a wrestling lifestyle, you just know, and you, you see the day to day grind and the discipline behind it. And it helps out tremendously. Uh, one thing that I, I'm really interested to get your take on, cause it's something that I, I've talked to you about it before is the balance, right? Uh, the balance between coaching and being a parent and being a husband. How long did it take you to where you got a pretty good grasp on that? Or are you still struggling with it? Uh, yeah, I struggle I struggle with it every every single day. And uh, I think I will struggle with it until I'm done coaching, you know, yeah. which who knows when that'll be. Yeah, the balance of it, but it's something that I've learned, you know, coming into my seventh season now as coach. It's something that it's that you have to work on every single day. It's not something that you just uh, sit there and um, get comfortable in. You have to work on it every single day. Right. Um, when I'm at work, I, I dive into it. I give everything I can. Something that helps me more than anything is I have a supporting wife. You know, Alyssa does a fantastic job of getting involved in things that I'm passionate about because she's passionate about it. You know, she's passionate about wrestling. She was raised in a wrestling family. She knows the lifestyle you have to live, not only to be a wrestler, like a competitive wrestler. She knows what it uh, the lifestyle is to be um, a coach, his wife, you know, and um it, it took a few years for us to adjust to that. You know, we, we made adjustments. It's uh, just a lot of give and take on our part. Like she uh, she gives a lot and she gave a lot at first. And uh, I'm learning now to uh, give back some of that as um, I mean, like I said, entering my seventh year here, learning how to uh, give different people responsibilities instead of trying to take everything upon myself and uh, seeing a program that we have here when my first year grow from, uh, you know, I had 25 probably high school kids, um, a couple of female wrestlers, and then a program with the junior high of 25 kids. So, you know, you're looking at 50 kids. Now looking at it, we have 45 high school boys, 20 high school girls, 25 high school girls, yeah. you know, and then a junior high boys and girls combined 50 kids. We have a hundred kid program. You see a, you know, an increase like that. I had to, um, I had to learn, you know, I, I, I cannot be at every single thing at all levels. I mean, not even to mention our, our youth program, which is, you know, a hundred kids strong every year, which is just a testament to the people that have came before me, you know, that really laid the foundation with that, you know, Jared Williams and Nathan Jackson, Ryan Donnelly, now yourself being the president, you know, just George Tadanipa, you know, had him on the podcast. He, uh, he's, uh, instrumental. These guys have been around and they developed that program, but, you know, kind of back to what you were saying, it's just, uh, now that I, I've I coached the youth, the, the junior high and the high school, it's something that I've had to learn that I need to, uh, I need to surround myself with good people and surround myself with like-minded people that want the same goals for my program, want the same goal for our community. Just balancing that out 
is, is a learning act and it's a learning act. Like I said, every single day, every single day that not only am I, uh, like I said, I feel like I'm getting better at, but, um, getting better at letting people around me help, letting my family help, getting my family involved, you know, both of my, both of my younger boys are now really trying to get involved in it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, my, my littlest, obviously he's 10 months. He's not, not around it too much yet but you know Waylon's six and he's like he's competitive he wants to compete yeah. and then three-year-old Witten wants to uh wants to be just like him and uh that's a I had a guy we had a wrestling camp this week I had a guy come up afterwards and was like hey uh, things are awesome here you and your kids talking about my high school kids y'all do a fantastic job with these younger kids because we had a three yeah. and five year old camp and I said man thank you um it's uh, something I'm proud of is those older kids. They do a great job teaching. And uh, it's just a culture that we want to build. We have kids that want to invest back into the program, see the youth level, get better. And then I just I want to surround my kids selfishly with the best partners, with the best, um, like I said, training partners, with the best um, ath- athletic ability. Um, I want to let my kids have the best athletic advantage when it comes to training partners and um, facilities and just uh, a uh, population of good people around them. Um, actually, I was just going to, that was going to be the next thing I want to jump in to was uh, I like the way you set everything up as far as the older kids giving back. It's really don't even have to be said now. I don't feel like the older kids, they, they, they want to come help out. So at, when, at your camp, I noticed, uh, you know, a lot of the older kids helping with the young kids, teaching, you know, repeating what you did, you know. Uh, and I really like that because I think when little kids see the high school kids, that makes them want to compete just a little bit more. They want to be like so-and-so and they're going to remember the Symphony Veloce is helping them out in practice. They're going to remember that stuff. You know what I mean? So when they're at that age, they're going to they're going to think, well, okay, why was Symphony there helping me? Because it was the right thing to do. They want to give back as well. You know, even how does it feel when you see your Colin Donnelly's going to compete? You know what I mean in the national tournament? How does it feel when you see Jacob Butler? How does that How does that make you feel for the for the community? Um, it's just, like I said, culture, we're trying to build that culture, not only our, our wrestling culture, just building our culture as a, a, a body, as an athletic body at Elgin, building our culture as a community, you know, where we're just, uh, we're known for, for hard work and then for giving back. And then we're trying to develop that cycle of just having, um, good, productive people that come out of our community then want to come back to our community and um, have their children also give back to the community, have their grandchildren give back to the community. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you see these schools that um, these smaller schools, at least I know that I've been around that have this tremendous success, whether it be athletically, um, whether it be academically, um, they start having these names that come through the system every couple of years. You'll hear the same name, uh, just, just for example, you know, Smith or something. You hear Smith or it might be just some random name, but you're like, man, I saw dad, brother, cousin, sister, uncle, grandpa come through this system. Now they're in this system. And you start getting that revolving door, you know, and you start seeing these names and you start seeing these people come back and um, it's it's not just uh, somebody that got thrown into uh, coaching your youth program now. It's a uh, multiple-time state champion or somebody that really, really is passionate about the sport and wants to give 
into the sport that's been a product of being raised in a wrestling culture. Um, and you get them to run your youth program, you get them to run your junior high program, you get them in your high school program, and it just starts building like a stepping stone of success. You know, you start getting yeah. the same people that want to invest in the community and give back. And, you know, that's something that uh, I really want to do with the community of Elgin. Um, you know, it's a town that I love and that uh, I want to invest every single thing I possibly can into just not only because um, it's something that I want to see come to fruition. I want this to develop and I want my program to be successful and I want to win state championships. There, there's no secrets around it. I don't want to, I don't want to be a coach that just makes it to dual state or gets a runner up here or there. I want to win state championships. Um, and it drives me crazy every year that I don't. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'm thankful that I still have that competitive edge. And when I don't, that's when I do not need to coach wrestling anymore. You know, that's when I need to decide to do something else. That's, you know, that's what I want for the program. That's what I want for our community. Like I said, selfishly, that's just because, um, you know, I'm raising three boys that I want to be in a successful community. I want them to be in a successful school system. And um, so why not give everything you can into that? Yeah, 100%. So with, with the good, there's always the bad, right? And so one of the, the bad things I want to talk to you about is, is always preventable. And uh, I'm going to start that off by saying, dude, you look great, by the way, dude. What have you been doing for your nu- nutrition-wise? Is, is there anything that you're doing specifically now that that any kid could do that, that's looking at maybe going down a weight class next year instead of getting doing it the wrong way and cutting the bad way? I don't know. It's just uh, it's kind of something that I decided for for myself that I wanted to uh, to feel healthier, to eat healthier, to be a better example of, you know, and um, just trying to be an overall healthier person. And uh, there's really kind of there was no big secret. Um, and it comes with its faults too, because, you know, I have a personality where if I want to start doing something, I kind of over obsess about it or I'll take it to an extreme. And, you know, I've always liked to run and it's something that lets me kind of compete against myself because in the end, leaving wrestling was, was hard because just the aspect of, I love competition. You know, I love to be something that I can challenge myself and me, you know, Cody Rao is the best person I can be is someone that is, a uh, you know, training for a competition has some sort of focus in my life, has some sort of a goal set in mind. And um, that's usually, you know, when I'm my absolute best, that's when I, everything's clicking right. With that, like I said, comes as downfalls in, you know, in, in extreme measures where if I'm going to go run, I don't need to go run a thousand miles every day. Like sometimes I'll, I'll try to do and I'll get obsession about finding a balance with that, getting out, hold myself accountable to work out in the mornings. But then uh, as far as, you know, I've been able to do that as an adult um, after wrestling, just because it's a routine. It's something I've done my whole life. And it's just um, trying to stay active and try to try to be a healthier person. But then, you know, the nutrition aspect of it, just trying to uh, trying to eat real food, not trying to uh, not trying to settle for things that uh, are convenient, which is, is not always uh, easy. I mean, and, uh, I say there's no big secret. Sometimes it sucked. And, you know, the past really like two months, two and a half, three months, just been focused on trying to be a better example, not only for, you know, my high school kids, but be a better example for my children and just trying to uh, usually when I'm hitting on all cylinders like that, you know, things are um, good physically, mentally, spiritually and uh, 
it's an overall just uh, trying to uh, trying to slow down and look at things that are important. And, and what's in, in the end, your health is extremely important. You know, uh, how healthy you can be and how uh, good you can feel, I feel like translates into um, how productive you can be, how um, how mentally you have you feel about the day. And, uh, you know, you've hit on mental health a lot and mental health is big. You know, it's big, especially, you know, I look at people that are former athletes. I still have a lot of, you know, friends running around that are college athletes. And you see uh, you see how they go on and, and, and they handle things in their life. And uh, the mental aspect of not having, you know, a competition or something that you uh, train for is difficult to adjust to. And uh, that's why a lot of us, you know, at first I didn't think I would find coaching i went and took other aspects other roads you know with my my career choices there for you know five or six years after college but then you know in the end to find something that helped me stay balanced something that helped me be the most successful person at the end was you know getting into coaching doing something that i'm passionate about which is you know trying to make a difference in kids' lives. And I know everybody says that, but I mean, it is, it's cool. I, I see kids every single day now that I've been, you know, involved for this long in this program that are having children, that are um, having successful marriages, that are, you know, going out, graduating college, getting jobs after high school, just being good humans. And, uh, you know, it'll get to the point where I feel like those people will start coming back, want to invest in our youth program, wanting to get involved, yeah. wanting to do all the right things. And uh, I don't know, you, back back to the health part of it, just kind of in a roundabout way, just, uh, I don't know, starting off with something as simple as trying to take care of, of yourself is, is the first step of trying to uh, take care of everybody else. And uh, it's hard because we're, we're stubborn, stubborn dudes. And my stubbornness has been my downfall in, in, in many ways, you know, but thankfully, um, like I said, being raised in a wrestling mindset have always taught me to, uh, to persevere and to uh, do the right things. And things are always going to work out the way they're supposed to. If you just kind of put your nose on the grindstone, the old, old cliche stuff everybody says, but it's true. And, you know, the simple version of what, how I've taken care of my health and it's just working hard hold myself um, accountable you know yeah. be accountable you know and then once once the habit kind of develops you know it's something that you're just like man i need to go do this to feel better today and if that's the habit that's not a bad one i'll take it but I, that's a good saying man it's hard to take care of anybody else you can't take care of yourself yeah that's yeah saying, and it's 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 real you always want to put up the big strong front as a man and and and, and be that person and uh and I feel like I am that person. I feel like I do that a, a good job as a leader, but it is, it's something you need to take care of yourself uh, physically and mentally, emotionally, all those things, you know, because things happen, life hits you. We've all had things that hit us hard. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's it's a testament of, of the lifestyle that I'm trying to preach, you know, the wrestling lifestyle. And it, it doesn't just all center around wrestling. I mean, I, I think it's the a great sport it's the greatest sport to me and it's it's taught me so many things but you know if i can teach kids some of the things i've learned and they never wrestle a match and they're successful mission accomplished 100 everybody can see you're being a good example right but i think i think sometimes what as adults is what we miss is uh is being a good example you're also being a good example to your peers too man so i would like to thank you for that as well uh you are a good example even 
dope people like me. You know what I mean? I say oh, old. I'm only two years older. But and, <laughs> now I tell you, man, that's kind of one of the crazier adjustments I've I've seen with coaching. It's being around my peers. You know, my 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 best friends now. You and guys on the coaching staff and everybody. They're uh, my peers, you know, but uh, just being able to manage those relationships, not only, uh, you know, socially, but just being able to manage them as far as, you know, I'm going to have to tell this person what to do and I need this done. It's not a a boss to a worker type of thing. You see those in so many different school systems, you know, and just uh, here it's different. You know, we uh, we know when to fall in line when somebody's doing something. We know when to challenge our friends to do something and. it's something that's cool because we've all started to develop where we uh, we, we go to church now. We, we, we try. And, and that's not in my my opinion, that's not any means of uh, showing that we're doing, you know, holier than anybody else. We're just uh, we're trying to be good examples. We're trying to be good men in our community now. And we're trying to uh, I mean, it's just we're seeing that it's our turn. I mean, hell. Yeah. You look at it, and, and that's weird. It's just, a, hell, I'm 35 now. It's it's my turn to be that person. You know, yeah. I need to be that staple in the community. Uh, I need to have my people around me be just as sharp as me because, you know, kind of it's, like I said, back to the old cliche stuff, it's uh, your, your weakest link, you know, and uh, yeah. that's we don't need any weak links around here. We need a good, strong, you know, men and women. No, that, that is a good point. You look at it like, you know, it's, it's my turn now. You know, just, I mean, a good example was, you know, when I went to church the other day, man, before I sat down and everything started, like, there's Jared was right there, man. He, he told me who everybody was. I mean, this made me feel, you know, because I get panic attacks real bad. I don't know if you ever seen me coaching at a tournament, <laughs> but I usually start off pretty rough. Like, I don't, I can't talk to nobody. I, I, I just I feel like I'm locked up, usually having a panic attack. And it takes me a while to get myself worked into it, right? It's the same thing like going to church sometimes. Like, especially a new church, I can't I just feel all bunched up. Like, I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm just waiting for it to happen. It's just relaxing, you know? Yeah. yeah but uh, a- with that day, uh, specifically, you know, Jared just, you know, pointed out, started talking about whoever it was. I don't know if he knew I was having a panic attack or what, or if he was just talking and being nice like he always is. But, you know, whatever that was, it helped. But similar to what you said, it's you. It's our turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're yeah. going to have to start being that person as well. You know, uh, back on track with the, the weight stuff, right? So me and you have seen a big transition in the way they, they, they cut weight. Because I can remember, I, I want to say it was maybe my freshman year, they got rid of all the plastics out of the wrestling room. You know I mean? You couldn't have any of that. I think there was some, some big-time wrestlers at schools that happened to pass away or something along them lines. You know, saunas and stuff. And then now they're, they're doing uh, the water hydration testing and stuff. As far as the evolution of weight cutting goes, have you taken that in as a coach? Do you understand it, or or does it seem like sometimes they're being a little extra? When I was in high school, they didn't have it. When I got into college, when they started doing uh, hydration and all that stuff, weight plans, and uh, basically, if you don't know what it is, uh, a trainer comes in, you have to pee in a cup, tells you you're hydrated, they measure your body fat, and tell you what's your lowest weight you can be um, still. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a hoop to jump through. Kids are going to cut weight. Kids are going to cut weight um, no matter what kind of regulation you put on them. They're going to find ways around it. And um, the thing is, now the kids cut weight, I do feel like they're smarter. You know, they know not to go out there and do these things that people were getting hurt doing, um, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. They, they, They know better. And that's that's probably one of the good testaments to the internet you know people can see everything nowadays there's smarter ways of cutting weight they see people that are doing there's more you know access to information 
Um, so um, I to see I say that I know why they're doing it would be wrong because I, I don't I, I don't I, I think it's something that they're just making us kind of jump through a, a hoop sometimes but uh, you adjust to it as a coach and you do it and um, you make sure your uh, eyes are dotted your T's are crossed and uh, you just uh, you do all that the right way and then more importantly you know and and, and if I do see a light, a, a reasoning behind it, it it's this, it's uh, coaches are, you know, responsible for teaching their kids the proper way of doing it. Not just yeah. assuming that, Hey, you need to make this way. And I don't care how you do it. You know, that, that, that doesn't work, you know, because you are talking about a, uh, a young developing mind. So, you know, guidance there, guidance there. And then, um, you know, back to just the, the social aspect of it, you know, kids can see what successful wrestlers are doing nowadays. You know, you can get online and look, hey, what's Jordan Burroughs diet, you know? And uh, if I get on my kids Google and that's what he's Googling, I'm like, hey, all right, you know, we're doing the right thing if my kids are Googling what he's doing because they see success, they want to emulate success. And um, that, uh, that aspect of it, um, is is better nowadays than it was yeah. i feel like when we were there you know we didn't have that type of access but um and then like i said as a coach as far as you really want to get into it you teach these kids not to uh not to make drastic changes you say hey you know you need to eat real foods things that are going to give you energy and then you need to work you've got to work you know whatever you put in your body you've got to work out of your body and um you know you start off with just thinking all right i'm going to eat a 2000 calorie a day diet I need to work out 2,500 calories, you know, and that's yeah. a lot, you know, that's a lot of work, but, um, and then you just adjust, you adjust as a wrestler and, uh, you know, you do morning workout, you eat, you do an afternoon workout, you change what time you eat. You know, I, I kind of found that's a big thing. Um, you try to eat while it's still daylight outside, you know, you eat and then you go do something. Then you go to bed. You don't just eat and go to bed. You know, that's the comfortable thing to do. That's the thing I love to do. Hell. I mean, and that's a habit that I've tried to break. You know, everybody wants to just eat. Damn, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, eat, go out there, take a walk, go play with the kids, do something that helps out tremendously. And the same, same, you know, concept you teach the kids in wrestling, be like, Hey man, just change, change a few things, things. Don't go eat your burgers and nuggets every day. Eat something solid. Go yeah. work your butt off, you know, change the time that you eat. And just, uh, you know, trying to change your whole mindset, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable at sometimes, you know, but there's going to be, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to make a weight, you know, right. and I, we, I encourage kids to wrestle up weights, you know, to get big, you know, get in the old sayings, get to a weight where nobody can beat you. You know, it doesn't matter <laughs> whatever you weigh, they can't beat you. You ain't got to cut weight. Right. Yes. And, and yes, that's a great philosophy, but I'm trying to put together a team too. You know, I'm trying to yeah. put together the best 14 weights to go win duels, to, you know, be successful, to have the best team. Somebody's going to have to cut a pound or two here. Somebody's going to have to do something. Somebody's going to have to adjust if you want to put those teams together. And, uh, so you just teach them the right way, you know, be accountable as a coach to, teach them the right way and not everybody's going to do it there's plenty of coaches that you know are coaching wrestling because that's the sport they told them to coach <laughs> yeah you know a lot of things too i think uh I, I see it more 
uh, in the youth, but is its parents being a problem. And what do I mean by that? I mean, weight is what I'm talking about. So, for example, we all know when you get to high school, like last year, I mean, you're heavyweight. Didn't matter who was coming in a heavyweight, they was going to be his practice partner. They, he was a badass. You know what I mean? It was going to be hard to find somebody to beat him, right? But in youth, I think sometimes the parents take it to to the extreme because you get to wrestle either way, right? Right. But I hate when I see parents making their kids cut weight to wrestle at a lower weight or a higher weight, and they're blatantly saying out loud, "Well, I know who's at this weight, so we're going to put them at that weight." How do you feel about that when it comes to to the development of youth? I personally don't like it. I think you're breeding cowards. You're breeding sissies, right? Because <laughs> you're telling them you can run from this person. Yeah, I mean, there's a. You're always gonna, and parents always are the problem. Parents always are the problem, and uh, you know it gets. You get a black eye on certain things, just like in any other sport. It's not just wrestling. Parents are always the problem. Parents that don't know how to act. You know, parents that can't act right. <laughs> but uh, you know, you just. Uh, You've got to, and and that gets better. You, just kind of looking at that, you know, you got me thinking about it. that. Gets better when you raise kids through the program. You know, you're looking at those kids that have been through, and then their parents get into junior high and high school. That gets better, you know, because they know what to expect. You know, but um, as far as parents doing that in front of their kids, yeah, you gotta. There's just certain things you don't say around your kids too. You know, like. If you want to go talk to your wife about that and be like, hey, maybe we should do this yeah, or that. It's different. it's different. You know, you just. Uh, and also just to be clear. Because, because that's a. Uh, sometimes you have a kid that's never wrestled a tournament before and you see like, oh, this kid is going to rip my kid's head off. And you're trying to just teach this kid, you know, wanting to like wrestling, wanting to be involved. You're like, hey, I need to put him in a different weight because. Yeah. But that's something you handled, you know, as an adult. And that's. That's probably the biggest part with those parents is they don't know how to be adults. They're still kids themselves. They're trying to, you know, live through these kids by, you know, acting foolishly. Yeah, and I just want to be clear. I'm not talking about, like, showing up to practice and, and losing a, a pound during practice or something like that. I'm right. talking about showing up to practice and all of a sudden your kid has to cut five pounds <laughs> now and he weighs 70 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that's that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, that's, that's how you lose them. That's how, you know, that's how kids – that's how they grow up and don't want to wrestle, you know, when they get into like seventh grade. That's my whole goal with our youth program, you know, is to have these kids. And it, it's cool. I, these kids go and they have great success. We've had so much success in our youth program with kids winning, you know, national tournaments, winning Trinity Awards, you know, being, you know, top ranked wrestlers in the nation. But in the end, you know, those kids are going to do those th their thing and I'm going to be there. I'm going to coach them. But we're also trying to build these kids up that, are unsure about wrestling they're, they're not great in any other sport really but you know wrestling might be their sport as a first second third fourth grader but then if i can keep them involved until they're in you know fifth sixth seventh when i start getting them in school by the time they're you know a junior or senior they're a solid kid in there that's you know a state qualifier yeah. maybe a state placer just because you showed them a different outlet there a different avenue yeah and it, it's it's cool. You have to you have to invest in, in every single kid. It's not and there are the coaches that just like, man, I'm just not coaching these good kids, you know. But uh and there's just there's those coaches that are just, man, I just want to develop kids. I want kids to uh 
from nothing to just having a little bit of something. And then you have to find the in-between ground. You know, you have to have those kids that are, are brand new to help you out sometimes because it's hard to fill 14 solid weights as a high school team and then keep those 14 weights solid until you get to, you know, a dual state. And then you get through dual state, you got to get through regionals and you got to get through to state, you know, and to keep that solid is a task. So you have to have all those kids that maybe started wrestling when they were in seventh grade, or maybe, you know, was a first grade wrestler, but you were really good with them. You, you, uh, you took your time to teach them things and uh, you kept encouraging them. You didn't make them cut a ton of weight or you weren't crazy on them about going to all these tournaments, but you made them like wrestling, like the idea of being in the gym, like the culture, like the people that they're around. You know, you get them in junior high and high school, things can happen. You know, kids can be really, really good just by showing them some encouragement and some uh, some belief behind them. And uh, that's cool, you know, you see it, you see it all the time. And I, I was fortunate uh, immediately stepping in as a coach to see kids develop into that you know the the good coaches the ones that uh that i look up to the ones that uh you know i i want to uh, emulate in ways are coaches that can coach every type of kid you right. know they can coach every type of kid that, I mean, that's a good point you know I, I i struggle uh as coaching i struggle bouncing back and forth you know what i mean like when i get in my groove co- coaching one level of, and i say level i'm talking about youth wrestling right right Sometimes it's harder for me to step up and round the older kids. The direction and stuff like that, I got that done in the military for a long time, right? But when it comes down to like details, because I feel sometimes as a coach, like pretty sure this is what Rouse teaching. Like I start second guessing myself, like, hold up. Yeah, I think that's what he said. You know what I mean? Just second guessing myself. But uh, back to the weight, the, the weight cutting. One more question I had about that. It, does that have is that does a school have to be in charge of doing that and the reason why i ask is because they do like the body you do the body fat test uh and you do the hydration test it to me it'd be more beneficial for me to take my kid to like cameron or somewhere where they have like the body pods mm-hmm. and they can do that and then they give you a printout of how many calories you need to stay alive how many calories you need to lose weight how many calories you need to lo- gain right. weight uh, I'm not sure if they do a hydration test, but you could still do that through a doctor, I'm sure. So is it, does it have to be covered by the school to do that? Or is there a certain standard that the school has to be in charge of? Uh, shout out, Cameron. Get a wrestling team. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's always, uh, you know, the advocate. A big advocate for that. You know, we have a lot of talent down here, so that'd be a cool Oh, dude, it'd be awesome. Southwest Oklahoma. Uh, it's we, a, all the schools around here, they would. it would be awesome for them to do that. And plus, they got all the... the they have, I don't know where they put a wrestling in right now, but they have facilities up there where they can accommodate. I'm sure. It's and a, they have, and then the the, the sports next science place, I and mean, that's a perfect place, man. It's an untapped uh, untapped avenue for potential. I feel like so. I mean, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. Do you have, you have a, such a local following there? Yeah, you would do you would do well. Just I mean, within right now, within you know a 40 mile radius of where we stand right here. And in front of beautiful Mount Scott, um, there's programs that put out tremendous kids every single year. You know, you think about it, you have MacArthur, Comanche, all the Lawton schools, Cash, Marlowe, Chickasha, Anadarko, Altus. And, you know, if I'm not, uh, Duncan, if I'm not thinking about you, you know, um, 
there's programs around here that have tremendous success. You know, Marlowe state champion, Comanche is recent state champions, you know, Duncan's always a solid team. You know, uh, Lawton's are always great school. MacArthur's always good program. Cash has a good wrestling program. You know, I feel like we're where we need to be. Chickasha has a good program. Everybody around here has good kids. They put out every year that don't go somewhere, you know, afterwards. And I, you know, I have them myself. I have kids that, should go wrestle somewhere but you know there's just a, there's a weird in between they, they don't want to get too far they don't want to do this or that and uh cameron would be a a tremendous place i feel like to have a wrestling program dude i think it would be a killer man and i think i think i think with i know we're getting off subject man but we've talked about this before so i feel like we're diving right back into it but i think the potential is so good for uh for cameron especially if you look at it into uh the military aspect right how many soldiers come here and then they and they they go to school at Cameron anyway. I don't know the dynamics between the army how they would get off, but they, there's always an all, all army team or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, then you get people moving into this area. The, like, the possibilities are good. I just I think it's it's a very very untapped potential there, and uh, I don't know something I'd love to see come to light. You know, it it'd be perfect. But no, as you were saying, uh, what were we about? The oh, the weight cutting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the school. The school. Yeah, the school. Yeah. The school have to be in uh, charge of that. The school. It's an OSSAA thing, so that we have to turn in something every year to them, and the school is on. It's the school's responsibility to make sure it's done. So it has to be done through the school, a certified trainer, somebody, and uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be cool if we could all do that. But uh, but the bod pods and being able to get printouts, it's just that's a resource thing, you yeah. know, and that's what sucks. You know, it's just a resource thing. I mean, it's a resource thing just to have, you know, trainers in your uh, to, to do not only be athletic trainers, but to be, you know, certified to do these for, you know, wrestling. I know most programs are able to or they uh, have to call in trainers from different places to do that. You know, we had been fortunate to have a trainer on staff to do it you know, this past six years and he had passed away. So now we'll have to do something different this season. And uh, just a, one of those learning curves, you know, paperwork stuff you have to get done as a coach and just uh, not everybody, it's not by far not my favorite part. I, I hate having to do things like that. I, I hate that aspect of not hate, you know, this is a job that you cannot hate anything. You know, I, I love what I do. It is not a job. It's a, uh, it's, it's something that is taxing that, does play on a lot of different emotions and it's hard sometimes but uh it's the most rewarding job you can have and uh it's something that uh that i feel fortunate every day i get to do so one thing that i've been talking about that's been a common theme and you touched on a little bit earlier is, is mental health sticking to the subject just mental health coming from high school three-time state champion right and then you go to college right how is that your first match how's your mental health when it comes to that first match uh it, it's a I don't know. It's, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I just I hadn't been exposed to a ton of like just college. I don't know. It was just different. I wasn't exposed to a ton of college wrestling or around that a lot. You know, I came from a family that hadn't been involved. Nobody had really went to college, and it was just different. I'd been out there just to uh, just to experience it. But you know, the the training and just being there and just knowing when you stepped out into college and after the practices, I knew it. You know, but. Uh, Everybody you're going to wrestle is good. You're not going to wrestle anybody that is not a good wrestler. And uh, you're going to have to uh, not just find a way to be a good wrestler, to outshape people, to be meaner than people. You're going to have to find a way to win matches. You know, there's not always a, any uh, 
secret formula behind that. You're just going to have to find a way. And it might be through some sort of technique, some sort of um, strategy, or just some sort of, um, you know, brawler-like mentality that you take into a wrestling match. But uh, you just have to find ways to win matches. And, yeah, I learned real quick. You know, I, I took some beatings when I first got to college. And uh, it's hard because, you know, it went from losing – I don't know how many I lost in high school. I mean, maybe 15 matches in high school altogether. And then losing that many your first two years of college, you're like, oh, all right then. You know, maybe maybe my first, I don't think it took that many my first year, but uh, you take some beatings, you know, and then you learn to adapt and you, you learn to uh, get back into the practice room where it's not just a practice room anymore it's somewhere you have to get ready to go to war every single day and if you right. don't take that mindset into it you're not going to get any better you're just going to um you're going to stay complacent you know and then once you start accepting that and you know i talk to kids a lot about it embracing the grind once you start embracing that things are going to be hard you start accepting that you know i have to challenge myself every single day you know that kind of you know, relates right back to uh, me trying to be a healthier person. I'm going to have to challenge myself. You know, it's going to be hard not to, uh, you know, get up and just slam a pizza and go back to bed, you know, or something, whatever it might be. You have to uh, challenge yourself and and know that you need to meet that goal every single day to obtain what's going on. And that's that's kind of that's what I learned immediately mentally, you know, going in from high school to college is uh, you better be ready to bring it every single day and then not only just that you have to adjust to being a normal adult outside of your uh, household you know like i was right. fortunate to grow up with a mom that would cook do laundry do everything you know she uh, she helped make all the tools for success you know available by uh you know doing the behind the scenes stuff and uh that's very important and not not every kid has that and you don't have to have that to be successful some people do it with the exact opposite, you know, with the whole side stacked against them, you know, and looking at it, I had everything stacked with me in so many ways. She, she would make sure that I had things that I needed to eat. She'd make sure that I was where I needed to be, make sure I was up, make sure everything was good, you know, and um, I was so fortunate in that way. And um, not only me, my brothers, my, my father is the same way. You know, they made sure, you know, they, they made us accountable as well. Just did a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And that's, you know, even translating into today, today that's what, a, you know, Alyssa does. She's a wonderful, wonderful um, wife. What she does is she makes things easier. She makes sure things are what they need to be right. to be successful. And, you know, those are two amazing women that i'm fortunate to have in my life you know and that's who that's who you should surround yourself around and that's what i try to be in other people's life if i can is just somebody that will uh you know be there for you be be make you accountable but be in your corner no matter what and help you with everything you can uh, do to be successful before i get to the second part of that question uh i just thought of it and i know i forget to ask you uh practice partners right so uh, I talked to, to Tom a little bit about, uh, you know, having different practice partners. Uh, what are you like preparing for different matches and stuff like that? I'm assuming once you get to college, you have a, a plethora of good practice partners, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what would you say to that kid in, in the wrestling room right now that thinks that he needs to figure out how to how to work with 
practice partners or be a better practice partner? Because one of the sayings that you always say that I love is iron sharpened iron, right? I'd hate it when I go in there and see somebody just ragdolling somebody, right? I right. want them to figure out what they're bad at and work on that, not just rag ragdoll somebody because they can. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of gets back to uh, when I first started coaching, I was talking about getting in there trying to beat on these kids. And it really, it wasn't just an ego thing. It's just, I was trying to be a partner for some of them. You know, we had heavyweights that were good, you know, 82 pounders that were good, you know, Isaac and, and Alton being state champion, state place, their Butler is good even, but you know, just trying to be a good partner for them. But then now we're starting to create a room where I don't have to do that. You know, we're good partners because these kids want to come in and compete against each other. And that had to be taught. You know, it had to be taught. It wasn't just something that they get in there and, and it's in them. You have to teach them that, hey, you need to go in here. You need to be a good partner. This is how you're a good partner. You, you show them examples. You know, this is how you're a good partner. And um, you just you start showing them that if you don't have this type of look in practice, there, there's no way that you're going to have this type of look once you go out into competition. And um, the smart kids, they'll see it. They'll realize, yes, this has to happen. The stubborn kids, they won't see it at first and you have to force that upon them. But then eventually, you know, you start getting that culture like we talked about where a kid knows what to expect because they've had this partner since they were in fifth grade. They've had this group of kids since they were in sixth grade and they're not going to get the best of me today. They're not going to get the best of me this year. And it's weird because I mean, I have a group of kids right now that compete like that and, and they're not the same size. Um, you know, you have Hunter, um, Colin and Jace, you know, three of my high school kids that are freshmen going into sophomore year now that are all kids that have grown up in the program that have all had success at so many different levels, you know, winning national titles, winning state titles, you know, doing great things. They're great, great kids. You know, they give back to our program and, and you have them doing all, all these things. But more than anything, what makes them three kids successful is they've grown up and they want to be the best, yeah. not to an unhealthy level either. You know, they, they don't compete against each other in, in a dirty sense. Like they, they see one doing well. All right. Time to step my game up. They see the other one doing well. Time to step my game up. And they compete well within, within with each other, you know. Healthy competition. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, they're not the same size. So it's not actually one v one. It's just, a, you know. Uh, not only trying to be a good wrestler, they're, they compete with each other to be leaders. They compete with each other to be better people. They compete with each other to have other people be better at wrestling, you know, like the, it, it's good, healthy competition. And that's starting to come every single year. And, uh, you yeah. know, it, there's a lot of good things to look forward to, you know, and, uh, it's just, uh, trying to navigate that in the right direction, trying to, uh, make sure it all comes to life. As far as, uh, Back to the second part of the, the original question, mental health, right? So here you are, your college career's coming to the end, your last wrestling match. What was that feeling like? Uh, my last wrestling match, uh, it was it was, it was, was surreal. It's always kind of one of those things. And I remember um, at Nationals my senior year, I, I honestly didn't – nobody really expected me to qualify. I had to place in the top four at regionals to qualify. I went in. Had a couple upsets, got fourth, you know, cool, going to nationals. That's a great thing. Uh, first match, I get beat by a regional champion from another one in a, in a tight, like, one-point match, a good wrestler. And then uh, get on the backside, win a match. And then um, one of those things where it drew out weird, two really good kids wrestled in the quarters. Uh, 
Kamara Usman. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, UFC champion. He was wrestling a returning national runner-up very first match or, or in the quarters. They ended up wrestling in the quarters. And Usman beats him, and I wrestle that kid, you know, the match to win to get into All-American. They end up upsetting him and winning, and it was just, it's, it was tremendous. It, uh, I don't know, it was just uh, the culmination of my senior year wrestling, you know, actually training, doing all the right things. Training was right where it needed to be. Yeah. I was healthy. Um, I had support. You know, my family was there. My brother was on the team with me, you know, and having him there to hold me accountable, you know, just having that system everything came to light and it, it, it finished finished out great you know um ended up beating him and then ended up getting you know eighth as uh and end up all american and unfortunately I, I lose my last college match ever but i just remember i was sitting in the corner before the match not even warming up smiling loving it you know because right. that's that's cool you know you're an all-american not everybody right. gets to say they're in the top eight you know and uh I, i'm very very proud of it it uh I don't know, in a lot of ways it changes your trajectory in life. Not, not, not did it make me successful in any ways and not by, I don't say I'm successful by any means. Um, successful to me is being happy, you know, and loving what I do. And I am successful in, in, in that aspect. But uh, just, uh, yeah, the uh, right before that match, it was just crazy. Just a calmness, just being, being happy, being happy, you know, that, uh, I stuck it out because there's many times in college. Damn, I remember just having a hurt neck, having a staph infection, having just mental aspect of not winning matches, not uh, not having success, not wanting to to go through that again. But you know, just being proud to stick that out. Not everybody sticks out five years of it, and uh, to uh, just be able to give back to it now and hopefully give somebody the same opportunities. You know, uh, the last podcast I did, I did with uh, Boletto. Yeah. And uh, we talked, you know, we went pretty deep about, you know, mental health and stuff like that. And one thing that I was bringing up is, is like NFL players and stuff, you know. I, I can't remember exactly how it was brought up, but and, – and he made it – he made the most – the common terminology for it is going from active to inactive, right? Yeah. And then it's just with the military, anything, professional sports, sports in period, you know, wrestling – what was, what was that like when she was done with it all, right? And you're now you're inactive. Was there, what was that sense of relief, or was there a sense of relief at first, and then was you, then then when time started ticking, you started missing it, or did you kind of fall into a routine right away? How did you figure that out or navigate that? Uh, I mean, it's something you still navigate. I feel like every day, but uh, it was it was something at first where I was like, all right, man, like I, I need a break from this. I need to. Uh, yeah. You know, find an identity outside of wrestling. And I don't know why. I mean, I, I just, it's something I needed to be away from for a little bit. And uh, not not away from, it's just something I needed to explore other avenues. You know, got a job, was working, just, uh, you know, still, still loved wrestling, still followed, still did all that. But, you know, just wasn't coaching, wasn't involved. And go work out, would, you know, had people that were training for right. fights and stuff. And I'd go roll with them and just try to be involved, go to a high school and roll around in Edmond. But, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was good for its time period. But then, you know, I started coming into my later twenties and, you know, getting married and having, having kids and just wanting, 
you know, a different lifestyle, wanting something that not, I didn't, I didn't have to invest into, you know, monetarily. I didn't have to build some empire of money to be, you know, successful and and to, uh, to want what I wanted. And so, you know, just wrestle, getting into coaching and teaching. And that's what I wanted, you know, because then I can invest into something that's not only great for me, great for what I want to do. You know, it's great for my family. It's great for my community. It's a, it's a win-win situation, you know, and it's it's not always win-win. There's days that it sucks. You know, you have to deal with parents that don't get it. You have to deal with people that don't get it. You have to deal with hearsay. You have to deal with all these different things that can surround your program, you know, and you have to learn how to block those out. And, um, which you can't, I don't care who says it. There's not, not everybody blocks everything out. You're going to hear these things. You're going to see these things. You're going to see negative things that try to surround your program, but then you just, uh, you find ways to, uh, adjust and to, uh, come out of that situation. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, a lot of people, I think a lot of people hear that you just gotta, you gotta block it out. You gotta block it out. I've been trying. <laughs> I've been trying. Cool. This is the point in time where I like to see if there's anything else you want to put out. What's going on? Anything shout out? Anything you want to give? Uh, pretty much, man. Just uh, we wrapped up a successful freestyle season. Several kids, you know, our freestyle Greco season, and um, it's something we've done for seven seasons now, or six seasons now. Um, and it's tremendous to our program. We had a great year. We have um, Colin wrestling at uh, 16 and under national duels in Illinois. Um, I think we have some kids going to Fargo. We have Symphony going to wrestle for the uh, junior girls team next weekend and our next week in Tulsa. Uh, we have kids just wrestling all summer, but um, kind of what we have coming up is the battle of the Wichita's this weekend or the battle in the Wichita's. Um, which is our outdoor wrestling tournament, 7 p.m., June 11th, um, Elgin High School football field. It's a uh, it's an awesome event, you know, and it's it's never a huge tournament. You know, we're always less than 200 entries, which is perfect. You know, you get there, you get three or four matches. Um, not always, not always the same weight class. If you're one off and there's two kids, we're gonna put you together. We're gonna wrestle. You know, we're gonna get competition, and uh, you get to wrestle outside in front of the lights. Usually 7 p.m. You got about one hour where it's hotter than hell, and then you deal with that. And uh, the rest of the night's cool. You know, it, it's not bad. You wrestle outside, and uh, more importantly, they have the old timers tournament, which is. Uh, they have old people out there wrestling, and you see some awesome stuff. You see uh, people that have never wrestled. You see people that wrestled in high school trying it again, and you just see all sorts of, uh, <laughs> of nonsense, too. So it's a, it's a cool event, and it, it, it's not about us going out there and making money as a program or anything like that. You know, tournaments are great to make money, but we're just trying to do an event not only for our wrestling community, but for the community of Elgin. You know, you come out, it's a... Like I said, an event on our football field, lights are on, um, people are out there having a good time, um, go out there, watch watch some little kids wrestle, some really good ones, watch some old, bad wrestling, watch people get hurt, and uh, 
but no, it's just a, it's an event that I think this is our fourth one now yeah. um, that we've seen come from a small baseball field to our turf football facility. And uh, like I said, 7 p.m., um, we're taking entries all the way pretty much until the tournament. So if you want to enter track wrestling, find our tournament, um, or just holler at me, we'll get you entered. We'll figure it out one way or another. Hell yeah.